right, so we see here that Leviathan is not something you can go fishing for. It's not going to be something so easily captured. It is something fierce. It's something huge. It's something scary. It even says that, behold, the hope of man is false. That means there is no human way to capture this uh, creature. Um, it also says that no one is so fierce that he dares stir him up. There is none of us that can um, stir him up and capture him and not be afraid of him because he is, he's scary. I mean, this, this spirit is a very formidable spirit. It is tough. It is hidden and it is not going to be easy to get rid of it. Um, the flow of the spirit, we've seen that, I mean, the, Right now, our church, I don't even know what God is doing. I mean, it's been crazy. God is pouring out his spirit on us, and people are getting delivered of things. People are coming under attack from things. Um, God is really working in our church and in our lives. And there's a flow of the spirit that's happening right now, like we haven't seen before in a long time. And we're allowing that flow to happen through our praise or our worship. There are... Um, hungerness, you know, are, are, we're hungry for more of them. Well, what is a flow? A flow happens in water, right? It flows. The stream flows, okay? And in this flow is the church. We are in this flow and we are wanting the Holy Spirit to come and overtake us and, you know, just let him have his way in us. There is even a scripture that says, you know, I will be a tree planted by the waters. And there's another scripture that says, out of our bellies flow living waters. We are the water of God. I mean, even the Samaritan woman wanted water, and Jesus said, I'll give you water that's everlasting. You will never thirst again because water is refreshing. Pastor just talked about that yesterday uh, on the um, radio how there is a refreshing going on and how you refresh is by drinking water is by cooling off, taking a dip in your swimming pool when it's hot. Um, you know, it, it's a refreshing overflowing of water. And so in this flow, there's also this Leviathan and he's flowing with it and he is ready to attack the flow of God at any chance that he can get. Um, we see here, let's see, in verse 4 of verse 41, I want to just start with this one. It says, "We will he make a covenant with you? Okay, this spirit, and I do not have it in your notes because this kind of came to me at the last minute. Um, one of those things that, you know, just pops in your head like, I forgot to put this in there. But the covenant, he will not make with you. He is incapable of making a promise to you. This spirit cannot covenant with you. That is why we see so many people leaving the church, church hoppers. They go from this church to this church to this church. Uh, marriages, they go from this marriage to this marriage to this marriage. I know a girl who by the age of 25 had been married four times. Don't ask me how by the age of 25 you can be married four times. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't care enough for that, to be honest with you. But we see that because he can't make a covenant. So when this spirit gets inside of you or attacks you, you are incapable of making a covenant. We all know those people who go from job to job to job. They can't ever be satisfied. Um, this is what the spirit does. It makes you incapable of making a promise. 
a covenant. And that's how he infiltrates the church is by, I'm unhappy here because of something, so I'll move to this church. That church doesn't have what I need, so I'll move to this church. Once again, we are supposed to be trees planted by the water, not transplanted. Because every time, how many people do plants? Any gardeners in here? Okay. I kill them too, girl. Don't even. Okay. You know, when you transplant one plant from another, to, to, another, to another pot, it can probably survive. But if you keep transplanting that plant into different pots every day, that plant has no way of surviving. So that is why it is so important to get in a church and be planted there. God said be planted like a tree, not transplanted, not uprooted every chance that you get. And this is how he interrupts that flow. He cannot make a covenant. So he will destroy our covenant. All right. Can anybody spot the crocodile? He's hidden. Please upset me. I'm I'm the one that never sees it. Is he camouflaged in the natural surroundings? Is that what it is? Camouflaged. On the left. Anybody see it? Right up there. Left corner. Where's he at? He's right here. Stop it. Right there. There's his eyes. See, that's the thing. Is the crocodile is not easily spotted. He lurks under muddy waters. Like, if you go to the zoo. How many have been to the zoo lately? I like going to the zoo. There's a part in the zoo where the crocodile lives. And it's all green and algae and just gross. And you can never see the crocodile. He scared me one day because we're sitting there looking and we're trying to find him. And all of a sudden he just pops up out of the water. And I was like, what? You know, scared me to death. Because he's hidden. He likes the dark, murky waters. And that is what this spirit does. He is not easily found. You cannot pull off his garment and tie him up and, and, and capture him. Going over to verse 14. Who can open the doors of his face? Around his teeth is terror. His back is made of rows of shields shut up closely as with a seal. All right, so we're going to stop there and look at verse 14 again. It says, who can open the doors of his face? His mouth. His teeth are like terror. So this thing has sharp teeth, excruciatingly sharp teeth that you don't want to put your hand in, okay? Don't put your hand in his mouth. It'll get chopped off. Um, Leviathan, his main weapon, his main go-to thing is miscommunication. Okay, and we're going to stay here for just a few minutes. I have a lot in here. Um, so what does a crocodile do to its prey? How does it get you? Snaps you and pulls you under, right? Uses its mouth first, and then it begins to twist. That's the meaning of Leviathan is twist, okay? So here we have miscommunication, and this is the one of the biggest things Leviathan does is he loves to twist things in the media. You can't watch this news site versus this news site because you don't have a clue what's going on. They tell you this, they tell you this, and they got these people over here that are telling you something totally different. And then what you do here makes this person mad and then this person mad and then you have this media war and everybody's calling people names instead of actually reporting what's newsworthy. You have social media. This is the big one, y'all. I'm not saying that you're evil for being on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. That's how we communicate. That's how we, you know, tell people what's happening in the church or, you know, just catching up with friends. Okay? So it's not necessarily an evil tool. 
however it can be. How many people air their dirty laundry on Facebook? I mute people and block people all the time because I am tired of hearing them complain about their life, okay? And you have people that put stuff on Facebook that says, well, today's just been a day. But they don't want to elaborate, but they want you to comment, what's wrong? What's going on? Okay? And then they go into it. But not just that. Oh, my gosh. It's somebody posts something. Like, I posted something that was real funny one day. It wasn't, a, it wasn't meant to be offensive. It wasn't vulgar. It wasn't mean. It was literally just, you know, like, just a funny little thing. And somebody commented about how spiritual, you know, just this... They were super spiritual about it, okay? Like, this wasn't a spiritual thing. This was just a little funny joke that, you know, just get over it, guys, right? And that's how social media works. Somebody posts something, and then somebody else says something that because it made them mad, and they had to put their two cents in, and then the next person posts, and then you have to post to defend yourself, and it's a vicious cycle. And this is what happens in Leviathan. He wants to twist everything you say. Our text and our emails, we know that they can be misconstrued, okay? We, and you know, I think this whole social media thing is a, a great trick at the end mm-hmm. because people do not know how to communicate they don't. anymore, you know? And, and this texting and, you know, writing things out and messaging and everything but hearing your voice. Mm-hmm. You can never know the intent of the person. That's yeah, somebody can simply say, okay, and you can take it as, okay. Or, okay, you know, and, and you just don't know. And sometimes it can help if, if, you, if you accidentally use all caps, people think you're mad at them. And you're like, no, I didn't mean to use all caps, I promise. I know. It is. But then there's some people, there's some people you don't want to pick up a phone and call because it's going to take you two hours to get off the phone with them. All right. All right. But it is so misconstrued. Like we don't know what somebody's intentions are just by reading it. Um, because they could just be, you know, on their phone like, or, or driving and text and just voice to text. And it just, you know, you don't know exactly what somebody is saying or meaning. So this is how the enemy will work through miscommunication. Just, will somebody hand these out, please, if you don't mind? Thank you. Yes, nobody talks anymore about it. There was, there's a time when if I got mad at you, we could have a conversation about it. Right. And we could say, hey, you know, look, you said something that kind of hurt my feelings. You know, oh, that's not what I meant, Charlotte. You know? right. And I could go, oh, okay, now that we have this. you know, But nowadays, people just want to get mad and get mad and leave it there. They don't want to talk about it. No. They don't want to find the truth to it. They just want to be mad. And that is what this spirit wants to do. This spirit wants to twist everything we say. I mean, look at... Um, pastor's not in here. He told me he was going to be, but he's not in here. <laughs> okay? Because I'm going to use him a lot. So, go ahead. I know. Better catch him. Where are you? <laughs> so, Pastor preaches every Sunday. 
And you can't tell me there is not somebody in the church that hears something that he didn't say. Absolutely. <laughs> this is I mean, it is ridiculous. The spirit Leviathan, especially in the flow of what God is doing, yes. he works in the flow. He yes. is a water demon, a water spirit. He wants to infiltrate the flow of God and mess it up. Okay. So you're sitting there on the front pew and you're listening and you're amen and praise God. Thank you for all that you're doing. You know, you're soaking it in. You're getting it. And then all of a sudden, somebody says something in your ear, you know, that, that, the, the whisper in your ear. And you hear something that he didn't say. Or you heard it, but he didn't mean it that way. Okay? I have, listen, I have done that so many times. I'm not going to lie. This spirit has affected me. I've allowed this spirit into my life. I am, you know, I'm ashamed and not ashamed to admit it because I've overcome it. I know what it looks like now. I know how to defeat it and defend myself from it. But I have fallen prey to this where he's been preaching and I didn't like what he said. And you know, the enemy is sitting there telling me, you know, he meant that towards you. He doesn't like you. He doesn't whatever. Okay. Yeah. We don't like it. And, I, and, 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 and that's the problem with this is he twists things. And then you get so riled up and now you can't breathe because these words of this crocodile spirit are, they're, they're, they're twisting everything that you hear. And now you can hear another thing that pastor is preaching about because all you are is here. And yes, and it's confusion. And then people leave the church. There's that covenant. You break that covenant right there. Um, even spoken words. All right, so we see this, even in, like I said, in spoken word. We, this spirit is there waiting for you to mess up, okay? And it wants to, to catch you into something so it can twist it. We see this in Luke 11, verse 53 through verse 54. It says, when Jesus went outside, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began to oppose him fiercely and besiege him with questions waiting to catch him in something he might say. Yeah. That spirit was there. It was working in those Pharisees towards Jesus, waiting to catch him into something that they could twist. Just like when he healed the person and he said, this is a Sabbath day. Yeah. You are healing people yeah. on the Sabbath. They twisted what God was doing. God was doing miracles. God was performing miracles he was helping people people were getting delivered and yet the pharisees were twisting it and they were making it about the law and saying that he was he was he was he was um not abiding by the law and that they should be he should be punished and we should do something about it that is what that spirit does he lies and waits see what this is up here for those who just walked in we were looking for the crocodile can't see him when it's it's zoomed in right now, but he's lying in wait right here. And that's what this spirit does is it lies in wait. You can't see him, but he's ready. His eyes are always watching and we have to be careful. Um, but miscommunication is such a huge weapon that he uses. Um, not only does he twist our words, but we also have a sphere of offense. Yes. Guys, do you know, and just going back to what Hutch said about how it's being resurrected and how it's, it is, the spirit of offense is so much bigger than it was 10 years ago. Everybody gets offended at everything. Nobody can believe this or this. If we believe this, then we hate this person. No, 
Just because I have my own opinion about something doesn't mean that I'm trying to offend you or trying to hate you or, or trying to fight you, you or it's directed yeah. towards you. Yeah. But the spirit of offense is got to stop. We have to bind that up right now in the name of Jesus because it is ripping families apart. There is a thing on Facebook that I keep seeing where it's two, it's a couple lying in bed and the woman has a little pop-up thing that says, I wonder what he's thinking about. I think he's thinking about another woman. And then you see the guy and the pop-up goes, I wonder why Swiss cheese has holes in it. Or something just random like that, right? Because that is how Leviathan works. It wants to twist your thoughts and make you offended at everything. And our marriages are falling apart because my husband comes in and says, Honey, stay at home, Mom. God comes in and says, Hey, honey. How was your day? What did you do today? Mm-hmm. What do you mean what I did today? Well, I, <laughs> I know you went to work, but I cleaned, I cooked, I picked up the kids, you did homework. I worked all day. What do you mean what did I do? And all he was doing was saying, what did you, how are you? What, what all did you do today? He was trying to start a conversation. And this person went off because Leviathan is talking in their ears saying, hey, he means something different. And we get offended by that because our words are twisted. And it's miscommunication, and we don't talk to people anymore, so we can't find out the truth. Look. Take the example of if Pastor said something, well, you said that to me. I mean, you know, there's a place that needs to be revealed, mm-hmm. that needs healing. Mm-hmm. And because whatever it wow, was connected with a fracture, where that yes. place is that and that's, that's about, yes, ma'am. Yes, we we were talking about the text, and and you don't know what they're meaning. Yeah, yeah, you don't know what they mean. And a simple a simple okay could mean we hear well okay, but when they really meant was okay. You know, that's, okay. That's where the so I'm gonna be completely open and honest. God dealt with me. I wasn't gonna do this, but God was dealing with me in my studying for tonight and said you can't teach about this until you can relate to this okay Uh um so i'm just gonna be honest with you and hopefully you still love me afterwards (laughs) please still love me afterwards okay so this spirit like i said i've allowed into my life this is the reason why i can talk about this thing and i can tell you about this thing i've allowed the spirit to live in me work through me and basically just eat me up y'all know that there most of you know majority of people in this room know that i stepped off the praise team for what six seven eight months which felt like five years it um, seems like a long time i did because i was allowing this spirit to tell me that austin wasn't good enough okay me and austin had some problems we tried to work them out He literally said one thing to me in apologeticness, and I took it and was like, he doesn't want me on this team. He never has wanted me on this team. He wants me off this team. Guys, I allowed this where he was, where the spirit was trying to attack Austin, and he stopped it, and he came to me and said, I want to apologize because these are the thoughts that I've had, and I want to stop it. 
I took it as, you're telling me this because you don't want me on here. I didn't hear the apology, even though I heard the apology. And I let that live in me and speak to me. It drove me to the point where I wanted to leave the church. Everything pastor said I was mad about. Um, I sat on the back row. I was angry. I was depressed. I cried. I didn't eat. I didn't sleep. I didn't think I was ever going to sing again. I began to question my faith. Is God even real? Does he even want a relationship with me? Or is it just, you know, I didn't question if God was real necessarily, but his relationship status. I thought God was just a God of the Old Testament. He just wanted you to follow him and that was it. I mean, I allowed this spirit to come inside and just wreck me. I had so much offense towards Austin that, I mean, I had to step down. I recognized it. I stepped down. But when I stepped down, I didn't rebuke that spirit. And it got worse. Because not only now am I not, you know, worshiping and doing those things that I know I was called to do, but I'm allowing the spirit to grow. And I'm feeding it. And I'm feeding it. And I'm feeding it. And not only that, I'm going over and I'm saying, can you believe this? I'm sick and tired of what Austin's doing. And I was feeding it to the people that I knew I shouldn't have been feeding it to. And therefore, I was allowing it to grow because I was over here telling this person. And I was over here telling this person. And guys, I'm ashamed that that happened. That should not have happened. I am stronger than that. But I allowed it in a moment of weakness. I allowed it to happen. And I didn't put a stop to it. And now since then, I'm just going to go ahead and say, Austin and I are our bestest friends. He even came over and bought me a, we're friends to the end, uh, mug. Okay. Now, granted, it did have, a, like, it was a Halloween mug, so it had a knife on it. So I don't know if he's trying to kill me or not or what. He's friends to the end. I don't know when that'll be. But Tell the rest of the story. Tell them why it's important to be connected to a church. <laughs> well... The thing is, connected to a church is, I pushed everybody away. Um, CJ was worried. I stepped down. Miss Ruby kind of got upset with me because I stepped down from Encounter. And I pushed everybody away. My best friend Mandy tried to, I mean, she tried to talk to me. And I was pushing everybody away. I was pushing my husband away. Because I was dealing with stuff that nobody knew I was dealing with. Worse than everybody thought I was doing. There was such a darkness in me. There was one day I literally laid in bed all day and couldn't get up. And my husband was worried. It's fierce. Um, it's fierce. It is. There was such... I mean, I cried myself to sleep every night. Literally. I would be at work and just start crying and have to go outside to my car and just sit. Because I would cry. But I separated myself from Solid Rock. And I tried to leave... I tried to become somebody else's. First of all, I tried to become somebody else's praise and worship leader when I had no business becoming anybody's praise and worship leader. Okay? Because I knew that's what I knew that was the calling in my life, and it was still calling out to me, but I wasn't ready for that. Okay? And I pushed myself away from this church and away from the people who cared about me, and I was listening to the Spirit. And guys, it was killing me. It was slowly, slowly killing me. And there was. Another instance, let me tell you, he was really trying to wreck the relationship between me and Austin and Monica because there was a text that Monica sent out for Austin's birthday that said, hey, guys, can we have our small group uh, and make it Austin's birthday? 
And I said, well, I, I can't because, well, I have the small group. She asked, will you come over for his birthday? I said, no, we have a small group that we're having, and some new people are coming, and, you know, they, they want to hear a Bible study and, and stuff. And she got offended at that and texted me later and told me how mad she was that I couldn't be part of Austin's party and how much I hated Austin and she knew I hated Austin and that people have told her I hated Austin and then I said something and then even after we apologized, there was still something there, okay? Yeah. Because he wanted, that spirit wanted to separate me from Monica and Austin. Look, I don't know what God's got for this relationship at all. All I know is it's strong and me and Monica are closer than ever. And we talk about things and she pours her heart out to me and I pray over her and we, she prays over me and things are great. And me and Austin are great. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead. Disclaimer. Austin and I are great. We are bestest friends. I love him with all my heart. His wife is just, I love her. Okay. But there was a spirit there trying to divide us and I allowed that to divide us. Okay. And then it just got worse and worse and worse. Well, I was sitting there one day in church and Tamara was singing Waymaker, and I'm just sitting there, and I don't even know why. I was like, you, you need to go pray. I was like, no, you know. I don't want I like being in this mess, you know. Even though I didn't, my pride was trying to get a hold of me, right? Well, I said, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go pray. And Monica was down there. She didn't have anybody there, and God was directing me towards Monica. And this is still in our, in our heated moments where we had not really forgiven each other yet for that stupid text message that was sent, Okay text message that was stupid it wasn't even thing that should have been mad about and then all of a sudden i was like okay i'm gonna get up and get up and she's gone and i'm like where'd she go okay well it wasn't no i'm not gonna go so i stayed there a little while longer and then i saw her again i was like okay i'm gonna get back up and then the song seemed like it was gonna end and i was like oh okay the song's gonna end i'm not gonna get up and then all of a sudden Tamara just was like and wait and i'm like okay so it just started up again, and finally I was just like, okay, I got to get, it was like fire on me, right? So I had to run down there, and the moment I went down to Monica, I felt this release. She began to pray over me. I began to just pray with her, and I felt something lift off of me. And I don't even know it's hard to explain you know what i'm saying like you just you just don't feel heavy anymore now it was a hundred percent obviously you can't sometimes get delivered in just that one session it's a it's a process sometimes and i had to retrain my mind and i had to continue to pray and i had to continue to read my word and and eat on the word of god and i began to do that and things got stronger and stronger and stronger and let me tell you right now if i hadn't done that and this is just sad note my mother passed away Mm -hmm. like two weeks or a week later I could not have gotten through it if I did not make that step. Yeah, right. yeah. I think I probably, I would not be standing here, guys. I probably wouldn't be at Solid Rock. I don't even know where I would be if I had not have stepped out at that particular moment. Because I think my mother dying would have just been it for me. Um, so miscommunication and offense, it is a killer. This is no joke, guys. This I wish you could just see the darkness I was in and understand. And even Austin, he told me, he said, I didn't realize how bad it was. 
he, nobody, like not a whole lot of people knew just how bad it was. The war that was going on in myself because I could put on that smile. Even pastor, when I went to him to apologize, I sat in his office, did I not, with you and him and apologized. And then again with you and him in Austin. And we talked and we had this amazing, amazing talk with each other. But even pastor said, you were so good. Even though I could see there was a darkness in you, you were so good at hiding it because you still like on Christmas time during the ugly sweater, you were all made up. You had things drawn on your face and, and you were, you were, you were here, but you weren't here. You were good at masking the problem for everybody else. But I was dying because I allowed the spirit of offense and miscommunication and just this evil, dark demon to come into my life. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Mom knew it. Don knew it. Every night she would say, honey, I'm worried about Charlotte. Yeah. I was worried about Charlotte. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. You know, uh, I mean, hearing your testimony is a blessing. Mm-hmm. But in the midst of it, I see that it wasn't so much about you and Austin and y'all relationship. It was the enemy trying to stop the praise and worship. Yeah, mm-hmm. because you knew you had anointing on you yes. to do praise and worship. Because when we first started coming here, you were such a blessing up there. And then when you stepped to the side, you were just missing up there. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. those yeah. up there for you. That was what God had appointed you to do. Yeah. And Edmund knew that. So he attacked your relationship. That's to keep you separated. Mm-hmm. That's to bring you down from the from up there praise and worship. But it, it, it was the enemy trying to stop the things of God. Yeah. I mean, he don't care about your relationship with Austin. He don't care about your relationship with Monica. It's about you praising God. Yep. And he, he wanted it because when Austin and I were in sync with one another up there, when I was pressing through it and we were on sync, we were in sync. We were playing off each other. I mean, I hate to say the word playing off each other, but the anointing was just kind of boom, 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 boom. It would bounce. Like he would start singing something and I would start singing something in the Holy Spirit. And but, but when we weren't in sync, you could tell. And it was more often than not. I mean, it really was. And... And I think what that does is causes division in the church. It does. It brings confusion to those who see the standard, your, your high standard of worship and praise. And then when there's a rift, I mean, it's sense. It's sense. The Holy yeah. Spirit knows yeah. no. And, and he, he, that is exactly right. You know, he wanted to disrupt that church, flow the and the church yeah. and what God was trying to do at Solid Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, the power of unity. Another... Another thing of offense is that sweet gospel that we hear now uh, where preachers don't want to preach the truth because we're afraid someone's going to get offended. You know, pastors' famous words are, I don't care what you smoked up, drank up, slept with. You know, he goes through that whole thing, right? I could be sitting there going, well, you know what? Just because I had that glass of wine last night. And I mean, and we can literally use that and go, pastor is judging me. Uh, and we don't, and so, and, and yeah, and we don't want to tell people about sin. We want, we don't want to look at you and go, sex before marriage is a sin. We don't want to look at you and say, you know, going out and partying and doing drugs is bad. You know, God loves you as you are. That's that sweet message, and we hear it so much because 
We don't want to offend people. So pastors aren't preaching the truth. Right. And so that in itself is, quote, feeding the beast. Yes, yeah. it is feeding yeah. that beast. Because now we come to church and we feel good about ourselves and we go home and we continue to live in the sin and in the junk that we have. And we don't know we're doing anything wrong because nobody tells us because we don't want to hurt your feelings. Guess what, guys? Man up and realize that it's not all about you and your little heart and your little feelings. We have got to start being tougher than that. Suck it up, buttercup. Suck it up, buttercup. Exactly. Well, it's about the babes in Christ that don't know. Yeah. Those yes. people in this room, they've heard this stuff, Yeah. And they've made a decision when they wanted to go be bad little boys and bad little girls. But there are little babes in Christ that literally do not know. You don't need to be living with yeah. somebody you're not married to. I know. They the hardest, don't know. The hardest words I've ever had spoken to me after a Sunday morning service is mm-hmm. somebody come up to me that I knew, knew was living a life of sin, knew needed salvation, came up and said, that's the best preaching I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. And he turned around and walked out. And I'm thinking, that wasn't, that yeah. wasn't that the wasn't, was, I yeah. to get out of Well, we that. talked about it last week, about how we tolerate things yep. with the spirit of Jezebel yep. that we shouldn't tolerate in the church. Um, I know, not from experience, because I didn't live in Mississippi, but correct me if I'm wrong, when you got to Mississippi, Greenville, your piano player was having an affair. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Well, she had already had one affair with okay. a, a former pastor and was married to him. Gotcha. And he was back for right. Well, and we see that, saying. and of course, he's not going to take it. I mean, I know my dad. He's not going to, that's not going to fly, right? You're off. Sorry. I don't care if we need a piano player. But we have churches that know, I mean, they know that there are people on their praise team or in their pulpit or teaching their kids or whatever that are just living in sin they are they are no more christian than the devil himself okay and we allow it because of how well they can play the piano or how well they sing or how well they teach or just whatever because we tolerate things and that's part of the spirit of jezebel is that toleration of things that don't need to be tolerated and it's killing our church yes big churches little churches praise and worship baptist churches yeah But they they throw down, so we just gonna forget your homosexual. Yeah, because y'all know how to pray, you know. We speak to this kind of stuff. So that is one thing that we have got to realize that the spirit of Leviathan um, works with that spirit of Jezebel, um, and we don't want to offend them by telling them, "Hey, you got to go." So we leave them on there because we we we. Once again, that spirit of offense. Um, yeah. Um, and I'm not just making this stuff up, guys. Job talks about Leviathan, but there's a reason he talks about Leviathan. In the rest of Job, it describes why God is telling him about Leviathan. Um, Job, as we know, was a man of God. The devil wanted to you know, come and mess with him. God said, go ahead. Well, Job wasn't perfect. He complained a lot about, I mean, wouldn't you? I mean, he lost every one of his children, all of his livestock. How could he not? Everything. You've got to know. The man wasn't going around. I just lost all my kids. So he complained a lot. And well, his wife even said, you need to curse God and die. But he never cursed God, okay? But then he has three friends that come along. And good intentions, guys. I mean, these guys were friends. They came, and the Bible says they came to comfort him. 
However, when they came to comfort him, they rebuked him over and over again to the point where they even said it was your kid's fault that they died. And Job, being a human person, got mad and retaliated and was just like, why do you tell me these things? You know, why why are you doing this stuff? And then he'd go back and go, I cursed the day I was born. Why did you even open up my mother's womb? You know, I mean, he literally was going through some junk, right? So even our friends and our relationships can be destroyed. Just like what I go back to, I was cutting off everybody. You know, CJ can tell you he was worried about me because he loves me. We don't want to admit it. CJ loves me. Um, Mandy was worried about me. I mean, I was cutting off everybody, not talking to the people about real important things or hardly anything at all. And... Sometimes our friends with good intentions can be pestering. Mandy literally had to back off because she kept asking me about it. And I didn't want to talk about it. And finally she realized I can't keep going after her and after her and after her and after her because I'm, that's just going to push me further and further and further away. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to get madder and madder. So Job's friends was do, were doing this. They were rebuking him at every chance they could get. And he was retaliating, you know, saying, look, guys, I could talk just like you do if I wanted to, but I'm not. You know, so he never, he never cursed God. He never sinned in the midst of this. He complained a lot, but he never turned his back on God. But that is the reason why God brings up the Leviathan is to show him, look, there is this thing out there that is trying to attack you. Um, the next thing we talked about, our media, our text, our miscommunication, our offenses, but fake news. <laughs> Fake news, I mean, we can't, we don't know what's true. That's why conspiracy theories are so much fun. Because, you know, you don't know what's real and what's not. You know, did, did, did President Bush really call down the, the Katrina God? Did, 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 you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's what they said. That's what they said. That he's the one that caused Katrina. I, I don't know how that man has that much power. But... <laughs> oh yeah, it was Bush's fault. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what's true and what's not anymore. You know, you have CNN tell me one thing, you have Fox News tell me another thing, and then you have the Christian sites telling us a totally different thing, and you're just like, and you can't even, you can't even believe the Christian sites anymore because they're just feeding you what they want you to hear. The whole spirit guy It does. It, yes, that is so true, but what I'm, what I'm saying is there's just so much lies here and so much lies here and so much lies there that it's just like, you know what? You know, Like Sandy said, she can't even watch the news anymore. You can't. That's why you need to stay in tune with Jesus. Yes. You need to be in tune with it and not Because miscommunication, they want to strike fear into the hearts of man, okay? They want to strike fear into us. They want us to fear one side and not fear the other side. And the other side wants us to fear them. And then they start arguing. And you're not even getting the news because Fox is arguing with CNN. And CNN is arguing with Fox. And then you're just like, what are they even talking about? Like, I don't even understand. I thought we were supposed to be talking about this. But they're not. They're just arguing with each other. That's all this newscast is about is telling one us how awful this person is or awful this person is and they're not giving us actually real news that's happening in our in our world. Breaking in the advertising dollar 
I know. So I had to tell myself, the world is the stage. The stage is the world of entertainment and go on with my life because that is nothing but a bunch of noise. Yeah. I really want to know what's going on in the world. And I have to crawl through so much crap. You have to crawl through it, yeah. It does. Afraid to go to the mall. You don't want your kids to go to school because you're afraid there's going to get, you know, I mean, fear is definitely in this. Yep. Not only, not only is the fake news part of miscommunication and a part of this of what's dividing us of what's dividing us mm-hmm. but the spirit of leviathan like i said it's all about communication he loves to mess up mess up our communication and one of those things is in our fake news and i want to this is going to take a minute because i'm going to read this but it's astrology um, I can't tell you how many people read their horoscopes every day. Um, it's fake news. Go straight to it. Straight to it. Oh yeah, you can find it online. Um, astrology. Um, Isaiah twenty-seven one describes the Leviathan as a crooked, twisted, or winding serpent that will be destroyed. Okay, so there is hope. I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. There is hope. Um, in the constellations, there is several crooked serpents. Okay, you can look at them in, in the night sky with your telescope, whatever. Um, there are several different crooked serpent constellations. Um, Draco or Dragon, Drogon is Draco. one of them. Um, that literally means dragon, and it is the constellation that we associate with Leviathan. Um, there's also Hydra, which we've heard Hydra with the, with the Marvel Studios. Oh, yes. You cut one head off to go back. Um, the, he is known as the water snake, mm-hmm. even though Marvel depicts him as an octopus. Um, what I find interesting when I was reading about the cosmos here is that Hydra was marked out of the original celestial equator for about one-third of its circumference. And I, we just see that one-third a lot when it's talking about the enemy. You know, one-third of the angels fell. Um, and then we have serpents, which is also the adder, which is a snake. And it twists up the autumn pole, and its highest point uh, is its head. So this constellation, I'm going to read this. This was it's a little long, so just bear with me. The constellation Draco, or Dragon, is one of the oldest constellations. Draco exists in legends and myths of many nations. The oldest legend about Draco comes from the Sumerians and Babylonians of the Tigris and Euphrates Valley more than 5,000 years ago. These people spoke of a female dragon they called Tiamat that existed at the beginning of creation, before earth and the sky were separated. 
Natiamat ruled over the wild, chaotic, and evil ocean. But eventually, newer gods arose and it rebelled against her. Thus, Marduk, which was a god, challenged Tiamat with strength and cleverness. He caused violent winds to blow right into the gaping dragon's mouth, tearing her asunder. Then Marduk cleaved her skull and cut her skin into two parts from which he formed heaven and earth. This is basically a myth of the creation story. We all, if you read in Genesis 1-1, which I found interesting and I want to do some more research on this. So if anybody knows, holla. You're saying Tiamat is a female dragon. Yes, Tiamat is a female dragon. Genesis 1-1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. Okay, we associate the word deep with ocean, with water. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So, he didn't create the water. That's, to me, that's not what he's saying, that like, the water was there. So, we could get into all kinds of stuff. Like I said, I really want to study that a little bit more. Um, but this is where this creation story here in this myth comes from. And it says Marduk killed the dragon that was in the waters already, split her in half. And that's where we get our earth and our heavens. Water was always there. This original great dragon slayer put the stars in their courses and ordered the seasons. He fixed the sky with an axis bolted to one star within the constellation that eventually became known as Draco the dragon. All right, he's saying he fixed this one star right at the axis and everything centered around it. This epic story is portrayed by the fact that those in early uh, Chaldean times, the pole star was one we know as Thuban, T-H-U-B-A-N, a star in the body of Draco. At the time, the entire heavens revolved around Thuban, and this is actual fact, okay? This particular part that I'm reading is actual fact. This is not part of the myth. At the time, the entire heavens revolved around Thuban, and it does, as it does today, about the Polaris, which the Polaris is our North Star. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, Draco at one point was the North Star, mm-hmm. and because the way our Earth has rotated, things have happened with earthquakes and all this stuff, it has thrown you know the axis off a little bit, and now our North Star is the Polaris. Um, in those Mediterranean times, Thuban was the most important star as evidenced by the fact that the Great Pyramid of Khufu at Giza contained a 300-foot-long shaft running from the heart of the pyramid to a small opening that looked directly at Thuban. The point about which the heavens turned when the pyramid was constructed. Khufu's burial chamber was fashioned deep inside the Great Pyramid. So basically, when astrologers or, or when uh, um, archaeological uh, archaeological I can't even talk archaeologist <laughs> when they came, they thought that it was air shafts, but in fact, it was openings so that he could look at the stars in death, because they worshipped this Thuban, this Draco constellation, the dragon. 
The stars close to the people, or excuse me, the stars close to that pole never set. So the Egyptians described these stars as imperishable or undying. Mm -hmm. Khufu expected that when he died, he would not only join the sun, but Thuban as well, maintaining order in the celestial realm. The Egyptians saw Draco as a crocodile, representing gods and goddesses who appeared in forms of these, anim of these animals. The Parisians all have regarded Draco as a man-eating serpent called Azeda. In Hindu worship, Draco is given the form of an alligator. Draco is a challenge to learn to recognize, but composed of dimmer stars that twist around in a snake-like fashion. So I look at this, and I'm like, we forget that the stars have a lot of meaning. Yes. We forget that the heavens were created by God just like everything else was, and that they hold a lot of truth. Now, I don't believe in the horoscope. I don't believe that because I am this or that, that this is how my year is going to go and blah, blah, blah. I, I'm a child of God, and I just go by faith and know that God's will for me is what God's will for me is. But the stars have a lot to tell us. Um, and this Draco, the dragon constellation, is the Leviathan constellation. And it is interesting that the one star that was in this constellation used to be the North Star, yeah. but is no longer. Is that, I have a question. Mm -hmm. Is that because this was during the Egyptian dynasty time? Which yes. Obviously thousands of years ago. So in our progression through the universe, we moved through the different houses and constellations. Like now, this is the age of Pisces. And I don't mean in a horoscope, new age way. We're literally yeah. in where Pisces is. And now, our North Star is Polaris. Yes. And eventually, Polaris is going to go away. And it'll go away. So that's what you're saying. Yes. At that time, the North Star, the North Star was, was the stupid Draco. We were in that constellation. We were in that constellation. Gotcha. Because the Earth moves around the sun. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I'm not... I don't pretend to know everything about the constellations, but it's yeah. it's a lot. So there's twelve major ones. I, I do not. I do not have that at the moment. Um, I can find that for you. A lot changed at that one moment where the Bible says that God called the earth the sun to stand still. There's a there's 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 some there's some moments in time. I didn't think about that. There's some yeah. moments in time there that changed mm -hmm. everything. Changed everything. It also depends on what house the constellation is in at that time. Yep. Just mm -hmm. like the song that talked about, you know, the moon is in the seventh house. Aquarius. Yeah, Aquarius. Yeah. So yeah, that has a lot to do with the two even constellations. I'm saying this axis is new. Then you got to know what yeah. else There are 88 constellations, the, 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 the Mesonah, the Mesorah. Those are the 12 main ones, Virgo and all those yeah. that we know right. about. Right. That's the ones that the sun passes. Yeah. It's, it's the one that's in the path of the sun, and that's the reason why they are considered our... And I have to wonder if the same reason God destroyed the Bible, Tower of Babel, is the reason why possibly a few years ago... Our space program pretty much got shut down. Yeah. Started, they started blowing up. They started falling out. Could it be that man was getting to a point where God said, I've got to stop. We this. are trusting the stars way because too much. man's about to gain knowledge that I can't. They don't need yeah, to have. Yeah, they don't need right to have. Now. Right. I um, that he 
like Miles Monroe and other people. I mean, that man was a plethora Awesome man of God. I asked Larry, I said, do you think he just got in a vein that he was receiving so much knowledge that God was like, it's not time for you to be Rushing releasing that down. much yeah. stuff. Yeah. You've got to humans, come on home. <laughs> God created these brains to the point that there are certain people yeah. That can begin to understand things that the rest of the us can't. Average person can't. Yeah, I mean, look, look at, look at Tesla. Tesla, Tesla knew. Tesla was an, involved in wireless electricity. He knew that electricity was all around us and that we could tap into it. But he died. They didn't want it. Because yeah, that's what I'm saying. He died because he was too close to finding out or for us to understand that. And now we still have to pay our power companies. We could have had free energy. We only use an eighth of our brains in yes. our entire lifetime. We could have used. So, you know, that's seven eighths that we didn't use. Yeah. We, we could have had free energy if Tesla had been able to do his. But now we're we a slave to Alabama power. Right. <laughs> he was in com- competition with Edison. They weren't having it. Yeah, yeah and then he died. About free energy, and like, you idiot, we give nobody free energy. We meet her in every house, and we're exactly. Uh, in Isaiah, in Isaiah fourteen twelve through fourteen, Isaiah fourteen twelve through fourteen says, "How you are fallen from heaven, O day star, son of dawn." Okay, this is talking about Satan here. How are you fallen from heaven, O day star? He calls him a star first of all, dawn uh, or son of dawn. How, how you are cut down to the ground, you who made the nations low. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the, in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Do you understand the parallelism of this? He was the North Star. He ascended to the heavens. He tried to make himself higher than God. And he was lifted up for a time because we're all stupid and we will follow whatever. (laughs) So, and then he's knocked off his axis. (laughs) You got it. Look at there. And so, <laughs> where is he referred to as the morning star? Right here is where he's referred to as the day star, the morning star. But Jesus is also referred to as the morning star. Okay, so we can all get into that about how I know about how Satan and, and Jesus are known as the morning star. Well, I mean, hello, he was an angel. He he was a heavenly angel of God. Okay, so but that's another story for another time. Um, then we see in Psalm 48, verses 1 and 2. It says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. His holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, is the joy of all the earth. Mount Zion is the far north, the city of the great king. So basically, he's, Jesus or God is saying, look, Mount Zion is... Your true north. And here we have this guy that's trying to be your true north. And he is doing everything in his, in his power to be your north star. When really Mount Zion, who is highly and elevated, they, this is where you need to be. This is where we need to come. Mount Zion. It's God's mountain. It's the presence of God. It's our north star. And here we have Draco, the Leviathan, that says, no, I am higher than this. 
Um, see, it all kind of just intertwines with each other. Um, if we have time, I'll tell you something else about some planets. So hopefully we'll have some time because I think it's quite interesting. Um, so not only is Leviathan a demon of miscommunication, but it's also a demon of anger. Because how often do you get angry when you get offended? So anger comes right behind it. You get offended, the miscommunication, you become angry. And when you become angry, you start saying things that you shouldn't say or doing things you shouldn't do. So not only does the spirit walk in miscommunication, but it walks in the spirit of offense and anger. I'm going to go back over to Job 41 and look at verse 20. It says, out of his nostrils come forth smoke as from a boiling pot and burning rushes. How many have seen those cartoons where somebody gets mad and smoke comes out of the ears, out of the nose? That is what this reminds me of. When you get mad, you know, your pot blows off, right? That is what this scripture is saying, that he gets so angry that you can literally see it. And that is how we portray, or I mean, we, we, we allow that anger to, to be shown to the people around us. Um, so he is the, God, or the, the demon of anger. Verse 31 says that it is deep, like he makes the deep boil like a pot. So we boil. I know I used to be bad at confrontation. Like I didn't like it at all. Like I don't want to even argue with the pizza guy. Okay. <laughs> So I would keep stuff here, and then somebody else would do something, and I'd put it here, yeah. and somebody else would do something, and I'd put it here, and somebody else would do it, and I'd put it over here, and to the point where I was so mad and frustrated that Ruby comes over and says, have a good day, and I'm like, what do you mean have a good day? A lot of people do that, you know, we hide stuff, and we... Yeah. We, we keep stuff until we explode. And it's not good for anybody. I call mine mushroom cloud. Exactly. You scorch the whole earth, Ruby? Collateral damage? Good or bad, you're going to get it. You're all done. Yep. Mushroom cloud is gone. Well, you know, it says here too that um, in verse 19, right above that, it says, Out of his mouth go flaming torches. Sparks of fire leap forth. That is where we get the part that he is more like a dragon because of the fire breathing. Because when he gets angry, words fly out of our mouth or, you know, hate speech this or just whatever. This is awesome for me because I have picked up over like the last few years that the serpent, the lizard, or the reptilian, and the dragon are all the same thing, mm-hmm. but they're just different facets. Different facets. Go all the way back to Genesis. Yep. The Nakash, the serpent. He was a plume serpent. He had feathers or wings. He, you know, he could fly. Okay. Go bounce all the way to today. Game of Thrones. They got a the dragons. Fire breathing dragons. Yeah. Dragons are everywhere. Has all of the concepts of the serpent, the scales. Mm-hmm. He's breathing fire. He can fly. And you see this throughout culture. You see the Chinese, well, they laud the dragon. Mm-hmm. Yep. You see some of these uh, South American ones, the Quaxacotl and Cuckoo Khan and Veracocha, they all have the plume serpent. 
Yep. They all have the serpent with the wings or the dragon or whatever you want to call them. It's because in all, in every, in ev- like we talked about last week, in every uh, nation, there is some figure, some symbolism, some symbolism of it, whether it be the crocodile, the dragon, the serpent. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's, it has not died. It's just no different, different thing. Name, different game. Different thing. Yeah, yeah. And just re, going back to the anger in Ephesians four twenty six, it says, "In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on you." We see the sun again. We we see. Don't let the sun go down on you while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. That's the thing that we always just quote that one. You know, don't let your sun go down. But then the next verse says, but don't give devil a foothold. See, that's the thing is that we are allowing him to have that foothold in our lives to continue for us to be angry. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only for what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. I know, right? Don't let any unwholesome thing come out of your mouth. Only the things that will build each other up. Get rid of all bitterness, verse 31 says. Rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. And there's so many other scriptures that talk about anger. Um, And you can just look those up. I don't want to read all of them tonight. I think I put some of them in your notes. The third thing that this Leviathan spirit loves to bring to us is fear. Fear is crippling our nation, like we just talked about earlier. The miscommunication or the twisted. About the the, um, Sandy Hook? No, I haven't. So they put out where the kids are. It is, and it's instilling fear into into our people. Um, verse twenty five in Job forty one says, "When he raises himself self up, the mighty are afraid." So even the people of God, the strong, mighty people of God, they're afraid. Just like Elijah was with Jezebel, he was terrified of her. He could call down fire from heaven, and yet two seconds later, he's running from Jezebel. Why was that so good? Because it was a control mechanism. Yes, and that is what happens is this the spirit, no matter how strong you are in God, can sometimes make you afraid because... Even the strong people, mighty people of God, sometimes they don't want to go to the mall because they're afraid they might be shot. Or they, you know, because fear will enter into anybody. It'll happen, and it's super, super powerful weapon. And we see our pastors, once again, are fearful to speak the truth from the pulpit in case they offend somebody or get kicked off YouTube or whatever the case may be. Thank God we come to a church where our pastor just doesn't care. Okay? I love it. He almost starts out every sermon with, I might get kicked off YouTube, but... And then he preaches. Um, and, you know, I mean, he preaches the truth. And I'm so glad for that. Because we need the truth. People are dying and searching for the truth. They want it. That is, you know, we, we, we've been talking about it. That's the reason why... We have so many people 
involved in the supernatural, occults and witchcraft and TV shows that project those things. Because people are searching for something supernatural. They're searching for miracles, even when they don't understand that it's a miracle. They are searching for something more. And they don't want to go to church. I, to, to, to hear a good sermon a lot of times. I have friends. Ago, we made ourselves believe. 10, 15 years ago, we made ourselves believe in the church as pastors, as leaders, that we could no longer in this age grow a church and continue to preach. Hell. Hell and heaven, sin, right and wrong. Yep. So we came up with this message, and now, thank God, many of us are getting are back to it. To ship back and realizing we can yep. still build a church and preach the truth in love. Yep. See, too many people think that God loves me just the way I am, which He does. God loves you, He loves everything about you. But that's giving people. The license to sin because, well, God just loves me anyway. God, you know, I mean, he loves me. And that's all we hear. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. But we never hear the truth about, hey, what you're doing is not helping your relationship with God. And we're afraid to teach hell because, like, once again, we're afraid to offend people. And so pastors have are, are, are being attacked with that spirit of Leviathan, and they're fearful to preach certain things from the pulpit. And afraid that they're going to get shut down or their tax exempt status is going to go away or whatever the case may be. Fear has controlled Absolutely. us and controlled yes. our, our churches. I think you also see that in the family in the disciplinary. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Family, yes. Absolutely. Because similarly, you, don't, you lose your children. You're horrible. You can't spank your kids. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's parallel mm-hmm. with. Um, sparing your authority. Mm-hmm. And last time I checked, my mom was poor. I am, I am, I am. Listen, I am halfway normal. I am halfway normal. And I got spanked. Look, I, I got spanked as a kid. All right, my mom did. My dad, yeah, he spanked me. And I'm halfway normal. It didn't totally mess me up. Um. I probably still need it. <laughs> Even if they didn't do nothing, they still need it. You still need it. I tell I tell Cora, I tell Cora every like at a certain time of day. I'm like, all right, it's time for your nightly beating, and she just looks at me like mother. They used to hate it when they missed the hate in church because I'd take them by the hand and they finished preaching with me. And yeah, they hated another. Another thing the Spirit does, another characteristic of the Spirit, is He stirs up agitation. In verse 32, verse 32, it says, Behind Him He leaves a shining wake. One would think the deep to be white-haired. Have you ever been to the ocean and you see when the ocean's been stirred up, you know, it's like foam on top? You ever stir a glass of water and you see the bubbles come up? Okay, agitation. That is agitation. That is what the Spirit does. He likes to stir things up. Oh, yeah. Okay. We kind of get to where, you know, me and you are good. We're all good. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, stir it up. And he starts stirring it. And all of a sudden, it's like, why are we, why, why are we mad again? Because he likes to stir it up. He wants to keep it up. He wants it to grow. He wants those bubbles to come up. And he wants it to be agitated. He wants to keep us agitated. Mm-hmm. Which is the 
importance of forgiveness and, and, and yes. Do you all? Do you ever see those people like at the grocery store that are in front of you, and the you can just tell their whole life is just. I mean, it just sucks. I mean, it's a wreck because they do. They do. It, they they literally do. Listen, I'm talking about where the cashier the cashier accidentally rings up the nut twice. What did you do that for? God, I don't have time for this. And they're always complaining and they're always getting mad and they're agitated. Because there is a spirit of agitation on them. Where we want to be agitated everything. And you know, guys, I fall prey to this. There's a lady at work who just aggravates the crap out of me. And I get agitated so easily at her. And I'm trying to teach myself. Talk yourself down. Talk down. Don't say anything. You know. And as I'm saying, in our marriages, it wants to rip us apart. We get so, you know... it's not a sin to have an argument with your, with your spouse, okay? We're going to fight. We're human. We're going to argue. We're going to disagree, okay? It's when we allow that to interfere and to be agitated and to keep stirring itself up, that's when it becomes starts becoming a problem, and that's what rips marriages apart is when we allow those things to not come under control, when we keep stirring the pot, keep bringing up old Hurts, old wounds, old things that somebody's done. Um, the, another real big one, another real big one um, is found in 15 verse 17 of Job 41. It says, His back is made of rows of shields, shut up closely as with a seal. One is so near to another that no air can come between them. Verse 23, the folds of this flesh stick together, firmly cast on him and immovable. Verse 34, he sees everything that is high. He is the king over all the sons of pride. These scales, they're called shields in some translations. Some translations, they are scales. They are so sewn together so tightly together the bible says not even air can pass through them when pride starts rising up in us not even the breath of god can move in us we lose the breath of god we lose that flow of the anointing that we have on us when pride starts building up a preacher when he is prideful and thinks he's the best preacher known to man and god and everything else does not flow in the spirit. He does not hear from God. He speaks in vain what he wants the people to hear because he is walking in pride. Same thing with with me and you. When we are walking in pride, the Holy Spirit cannot work through us. We do not recognize what we are doing is wrong. Therefore, we cannot offer forgiveness or accept forgiveness. So when we get agitated, when we get offended, when we get angry, when we get hurt, when you know, there's miscommunication on all sides. Now pride builds up because it's hard to say I'm sorry. Let me tell you how hard it was for me to go to Austin and Monica and Pastor and Pastor Sandy and tell them I'm sorry. I sucked for a time. This is what I did. This is what I thought. It pained me to be able to, to, to pour out myself to them. Because pride wants to step in the way and say, you can't do that. They'll think less of you or... You know, you don't want people to see how vulnerable you are. But when you're prideful, the air cannot come through you. 
The breath of God, the Holy Spirit, cannot operate into in your life. There's a reason why he said pride goes before a fall, because it's usually the, one of the last weapons just before you crash. Yep. Pride has ruined marriages because you don't want to say or admit you're wrong or you're always right, you know, kind of thing. Um you don't want to admit when something is happening and you've got to fix it. You, you, it, it causes problems every now. I mean, people get fired from jobs because of pride. Because they make one mistake and they can't own up to it. They want to blame somebody else for it because pride says, I can't be wrong. I need you to look at me a certain way. I can't let you think any less of me. Pride is a monster. It is a destroyer. It is a fire-breathing dragon with scales called Leviathan. And it's interfering in our marriages, in our workplaces, in our families, in our churches. This also comes with stubbornness and hard-headedness. Oh, Lord. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> 22 says, verse 22 says, In his neck abides strength, and terror dances before him. His neck is strong, is stiff, is stiff-necked. He is stubborn. He causes us to be stubborn. And let me tell you, I can be stubborn. Then, in verse 24, it says, His heart is hard as stone, hard as the lower millstone. His heart is hardened. It's so hard for him to accept forgiveness or to give forgiveness. He, he doesn't want that. He wants you to continue to be agitated and to be angry and to be stubborn. All these things work together. There's just so many different, uh, you know. It's a web. It's a it is. Web. It is a web. It's a web. Hebrews 3, 8 says, Do not harden your hearts as in rebellion on the day of, the te- of testing in the wilderness. We are not supposed to harden our hearts. It is rebellion against God to harden our hearts. Um, let's see how much time I got. Okay. I got a little bit more time. That was good. All right. I'm going to read this. This is what I wrote down. This is what thought in my head, but I don't want to mess it up, so I'm going to read it. Preachers don't preach truth because they are afraid that the words will get twisted and will offend someone. And that person will get angry, and then social media is full of agitation, and the pastor and the people of the church are too full of pride to say I'm sorry or even call that person to try to talk to that person, and that person doesn't want to talk to them, and words are exchanged, and so forth, and so forth, and so forth. Over one misheard word. Or even the truth. Yeah. It can destroy everything with just like that i mean and you don't see it coming he lurks like the alligator he lurks in the waters of the flow of god waiting to see who he can pounce on and strike and twist and drown instead of flowing in that river we're drowning in that river he is not easily exposed you remember a couple of years ago at the Easter egg hunt? Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot. And that lady was trying to trash us so hard on Facebook. Oh, yeah, she was. Yeah. Over breastfeeding. And, and actually, I mean, I was there with the whole thing, and I know she was treated with respect yeah. and love, 
But she just wasn't going to have it. She blew Solid Rock up on, on Facebook. She probably couldn't No. It was that spirit trying to come against us. Verse 26 says, Though the sword reaches him, it does not avail, nor the spear, the dart, or the javelin. He counts iron as straw and bronze as rotten wood. The arrow cannot make him flee, for him sling, for him sling stones are turned to stubble. Clubs are counted as stubble. He laughs at the rattle of javelins. His underparts are like sharp post herds. He spreads himself like a threshing sledge on the mire. In other words, your earthly stuff ain't going to kill him. You can't stab him. You can't throw stones at him. Javelin. He laughs at the javelin. Okay. Everything that we try to do. I'm going to love more. I'm going to speak nice. I'm going to be good. I'm going to do everything that we try to do is not going to work. You know, we try to fight demons sometimes by ourselves, through our flesh, with our words. With our rebukes, with our whatever the case may be. And the thing is, it doesn't work, especially not with this guy. God is saying this guy is going to be a lot tougher than that. In the beginning, it says, who can draw out Leviathan with a hook? You cannot do this with your means, with your ways, with your works. There's only one way to do it. First of all, we have to put on the full armor of God. Okay? It protects us. You know, I did a sermon um, several years ago called uh, How to Survive a Zombie Attack. <laughs> because zombies were a real big thing. You know, The Walking Dead had really had just started, been on a couple years, and everybody was loving it. So I did a series called, at the church that I was at, my dad's church. I don't think you were there. I can't remember. But um, called How to Survive a Zombie Attack. And it was put on your armor. Because when you've got something on, they can't bite you. Okay. <laughs> It's going to be hard for them to bite through steel because, you know, their teeth are falling out. They're dead. So they can't penetrate when you have the armor on. Same thing with this. You, the enemy cannot penetrate you. It can attack, and you might hear a ding and a clang and a clash, and, but it cannot penetrate you if you are walking in the full armor of God. And yet some of us are only walking around with half of it on. Yeah. The spirit of truth, the belt of truth. We we don't want to wear that because we don't we don't we don't we don't want the truth. We don't want to deal with the truth. So we take the belt off because it's you know I should be wearing a belt right now because my pants keep falling off. I keep going like this. So but we take that off because we don't want to deal with the truth. We don't want to hear the truth. And then Leviathan can come in and go. This is the truth. And we don't know any different because we don't have that on. We have to wear the whole armor of God in order to defeat this thing. It's our protection. We got four minutes. We got to be Okay. We have to love with the love of Christ. You know, it says love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. We have to figure out how do we get to this love. Okay. Um, I am trying to get through this. Um, Psalm 74, 12 through 14 says, for God is, for God is my King of old working salvation in the midst of earth. Thou didst divide the sea by my strength. Thou breakest the heads of the dragons and the waters. 
those breakest the heads of Leviathan in pieces and gave him to, as meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. Psalm 74, 12 through 14. The heads, it says heads here, okay? And as I was studying, I found Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that is devilishly wicked, devilish wicked imaginations, feet that are swift to running into mischief, a false witness, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Unity. This is what the spirit of Leviathan wants to destroy is unity in the family, in the marriage, in the church, at work, in your relationships with your friends, and just with anybody, the person, the stranger at Walmart. He wants to bring discord to the brethren. He wants to tie. Just kind of throw this out here right now. Uh, Rahab is another spirit. It is not Rahab from Jericho. Okay, It's not this Rahab. Rahab was another word for Egypt. It's a poetic term for Egypt use. The same Hebrew word that is used for Rahab is also um, one of the root words for Leviathan. So it's coincide, like they, they kind of mirror each other as a spirit, um, water demon. Ezekiel 29, 3 through 6, I'll let you read that on your own, talks about how e Egypt was compared to a great sea monster and that how they will be struck down. Um, and they, you know, we all know that Egypt worshiped the crocodile, so it all kind of, you know, mirrors each other. Um, Daniel 7, 7 talks about the Phaethon and, 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 and it talks about, actually talks about the heads of the beast that we find in Revelations um, 13. Uh, I find that this is kind of similar here because we see in, 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 in Psalm, he's, he says that he is going to cut the heads off the Leviathan. We talked about the heads. And then Daniel says he sees heads of a beast coming out of the water as of a dragon. Revelation 13 talks about the beast of the dragon. And this first beast is a dragon-like creature with seven heads. One of them is mortally wounded. I personally believe that that one is Egypt. Egypt was morally, it was wounded, but yet it lives still. It's not powerful as it was. It will not be as powerful as it is. However, it was a great nation, a great kingdom in that time. And I believe that it's part of, because he compares him as a sea monster, that this morally wounded who was healed is Egypt as one of the heads um, that God is saying, see, I did it. I can do it again. Um, that is, I kind of wanted to get more into that, but I didn't have time. But you can read some more scriptures. Uh, Psalm 89, 8 through 10 talks about Rahab in Egypt and how he was wounded and... Um, um, I wish I had some more time. What is next week's study going to be on? The Python. The Python spirit. Um, if you will, you let me look one more minute. One more minute. One more minute. Okay. I just wanted to throw this little nugget out there while I was studying the constellations and the planets. Um, the seven planets that the Babylonians uh, used or were able to recognize. Uh, they didn't recognize Earth because they were on Earth, and they didn't, you know, they had no clue that we were a planet. But there were seven planets: Venus, the Sun, Mars, Jupiter, the Moon, Mercury, and Saturn. Mm -hmm. Venus, we talked about last week, is also Ishtar or um, uh -huh. 
Easter. She's the God of love, sex, fertility, and political power. I tie that back to the seven things that God hates, the proud. She's very proud. She loves to seduce, and she thinks she's all that. So she's very proud. The second is the son. He was uh, the God, the Samus. It was the God's name. He was the God of truth, lying tongue. Mars is Nargal. He was the war of death. Uh, he was the God of war and death, shed innocent blood. Jupiter was Marduk. He was the God of magic, the wicked imaginations. Mm-hmm. Moon, his name was Sin. He was the God of wisdom. We see running into mischief in that scripture. Mercury is Nabu. He was an oracle, false witness. And the last was Saturn, Nebib, or Nimrod. He's also uh, translated as into Nimrod. And we know Nimrod with the Tower of Babel. He created confusion. Therefore, that last one is discord, uh, bring discord between brethren. So it's like the seven planets that the Babylonians considered planets also meet with the seven heads of Leviathan. It all intertwines together. When you start studying the Bible, you find out a lot of stuff comes here and comes here. I mean, it all... And people want to say it's contradicting, but I think it all basically, it, it comes together and it ties together at the end. <clears throat> we are going to cover the spirit of the python next week. Um, I will. Oh, I'm going to use it as an illustration. Um, we don't need no illustration. You can use that. No illustration.